you've got baggage and you start to blame these things. You start to blame the lack of success in your life on all the people before you. Here we are. Hey, we're just talking. Chris, hi, Chris. Welcome to All In with Rick Jordan. This is the weirdest Dude. intro because it's like we just start talking and here we are talking about Scott. Dude, I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm excited to be here, Rick. And I was like, I'm like, look, another Scotch connoisseur. I went to, from that to bourbon to now tequila. So yeah, I, I like that. I saw that in your, in your portfolio. I was like, whoa, I like this. I love it. How in the world did you transition from Scotch to bourbon to tequila? Because bourbon to me is like a, I love <laughs> sipping tequila. Love scotch. Bourbon is kind of like a lesser form of whatever for me now. You know, it's funny. Um, I get asked that question a lot. I think it goes like this. It goes by the Yelp model. All my buddies started like moving into these different trends and, and I just kept following them. It was like whatever anybody was serving at their house. And I just started like liking different stuff like tequila. The only thing I thought about tequila is when we were like in, in high school and people give us the Jose Cuervo, really nasty stuff. And we drink that. That's the only thing I knew. But now there's a whole nother level of tequila, like Class Azul, Casamingos. And, and I'm, yeah. I'm actually enjoying that. It's, you know, it's kind of different once you start making a little bit of money you can actually afford some of the nicer nicer tequilas you don't have to do the 151 and all the other stuff that we did in college <laughs> what, oh my god i did a shot of that one time man it was like all oh, the burning, the burning. Oh. <laughs> dude that's what we need for covid right that'll just yeah. kill it right away and your lungs done yeah, I think if we just did that, I think Pfizer came out with a new, uh, you know, 151. Pfizer 151? Pfizer 151. <laughs> nice. That's, exactly. <laughs> That's fantastic, man. So the sipping tequila, we're going to talk about all the cool stuff with Pure Romance and everything, too. But this is just how we start. This is like synergy right from the beginning. I love it. Hey, listen, you're you're an Illinois guy. I'm an Illinois guy. I was born in Naperville. I saw that. I was like, wow, they're in Chicago. Yeah. I was up at, uh, I just played Medina the other day and I played uh, Chicago golf the other day, which was nice. I'm a golfer and I love that. So maybe that's where I also got the scotch after a good round. You have a little uh, gallon, you were good to go. You do right on, you know, and I started getting into golf uh, a couple years ago before I got really sick and I haven't played since, which is tragic, right? I ordered brand new custom set of pings and tailor maids and then I was out just a couple of times and and that was it. But in that point, I'm like, I'm going to get really, really good because I need to do deals on the golf course. This was like seven years ago. Right. And then, yeah. but I started realizing that I really loved after the front nine stopping yeah. in the clubhouse. <laughs> that became my favorite part. Yeah. I tell my wife all the time I play golf. The first 18 holes is for practice. The 19th is when I get serious. Yeah, so. right. <laughs> oh, I love it, dude. I love it. So you're from Naperville. That's awesome. I, I'm yeah. in Frankfurt. So I, whenever people talk about Chicago, well, first off, it's funny because if you're in Florida, uh, even this time of year, I was just there with my son this past weekend. They're like, oh, it must be a lot warmer here, you know, with the cold up there. I'm like, it's freaking August. I'm like, it was, <laughs> it was warmer in Chicago the other day than it was here. Yep. I'm in, I'm in, uh, I'm in Fort Lauderdale right now dealing with some things down here for business. And, uh, and I left Cincinnati, it was 94 degrees yesterday, humid as heck. Yeah. And I get down here, you know, this is actually nice. I called my wife this morning and she goes, how hot is it down there? I'm like, not as hot as it is in Cincinnati. So, <laughs> so like the reverse is opposite then too. That's what you're saying. That's what you're telling me. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I love the, in Chicago, I love the Western suburbs. I love the Southwest suburbs where I'm at. You know, I always talk about the three most sought after suburbs, which is Frankfurt, Naperville, like you said too, and then Hinsdale, 
are some of the ones where, where people just kind of settle, you know, when they yeah. have some kind of success in their life and they want good schools. And it's just some of the, the, the places that really, I appreciate this, the places that really take care of the surroundings, like of the downtown areas. I love downtown Frankfurt. I love downtown Naperville. I love oh, downtown yeah. Hinsdale. Dude, it's just beautiful. Yeah, I just went to a place that you guys have. One, of, I can't remember where it was. GME is, and I don't know if it was in downtown neighbor. I can't remember exactly if it was neighbor or one of the other suburbs I was in. But I love the little downtown. What they've been doing there, I love to see that. It's kind of like you know, I'm in downtown Cincinnati, and we're trying to we're trying to kind of come back from this whole COVID. I yeah. mean, downtown's been you know destitute. Nobody's been there. Nobody's been anywhere. So it's uh you know a lot of people uh, downtown are trying to kind of get back in there and resurge that market. We don't want to lose our downtowns. That's for sure. Yeah, right on, my man. There, there is a lot that's kind of trickled down and then starting to come back too. I'm curious too, because there's been a lot of people at home over the past year and a half, right? How has that affected pure romance? Uh, my guess is that thing just like freaking skyrocketed. Right? <laughs> it's kind of interesting because in March of 2020, I was really nervous, right? Because we were very much in home. That's all we did. It was very in home events. Um, you know, somebody would come into the home, there'd be 10 or 15 women there. One of our uh, partners would come in, they would do a presentation, and then there would be private order, right? That's because everybody wanted to keep everything confidential. In the moment that we started hearing that there was going to be a lockdown, man, I'll tell you right now, I started panicking because we had a, a group of partners that were like, we don't know what to do online. How do we transition digital? And it's amazing to sit back and think from March 23rd till April 1st, they figured it out. It would have taken me five years to do what we did in seven days. And it was because out of necessity, because I say the most desperate, you will always find an answer to the most desperate always will come up with a solution. And that's exactly what happened. So they had to transform the business. And from that point, April, 2020, up 58%, May of 2020, up 118%, June of 2020, 120. So we just started ramping and it was quickly and we didn't do one in-home party, not one home in event, but it was really this, what people I think need more than anything is they need certainty. Like I had to just go on every day, every morning at nine o'clock and every night at eight o'clock, I was basically broadcasting to our 41,000 partners. Look, Here's a deal. If you do these following steps, you're going to be okay. And that's what people need. People yeah, need yeah. to know things are going to be okay. They need certainty. It's a human, it's a human need that we all go through. And I think that's what really kind of led us to having, you know, a hundred percent increase in, in, in 2020. That's incredible, man. So you, you have 41,000 partners. I did not know that yeah. you had that many. That's yeah. incredible. Cause I know places like, you know, the pampered chef and, and all those, obviously it's very different industries, but same type of sales model, right? The, the in-home yeah. whatever's I know they suffered tremendously because that was uh, it, what do you do you try the food right and, yeah. and you you're not trying the things I mean a lot of people were trying to get real creative with their relationships they're I like bet. wait I, I gotta look I gotta be home all this time like I traveled before this for 20 years for 250 days a year right my wife didn't even know like who I was think about last year I mean home every day yeah. you know you know, working out of the office, trying to figure out everything that was going on. Um, I think people really kind of rekindled the relationships, figured out what works for them. And I think too, that they started kind of getting more exploratory in their relationship, which was also uh, something that really kind of sent the industry kind of uh, skyrocketing at that time. What else? I mean, you were done with Netflix in, in one month. You've seen everything. You watched The Lion King or whatever The Lion yeah, you're guy. You're binge watching Breaking Bad from five years ago. It's like, well, I guess I could watch this again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Man, that's so crazy. So this is, a, I was reading a little bit about you. My team put some stuff together f for me too, but you followed in your mom's footsteps with pure romance, right? What, what yeah. does that exactly mean? 
So, you know, it was interesting in, in, in 20, um, you know, growing up as a kid, my mom started this in the basement of her house in 1993. So I'm going off to college. She started in the industry in 1983. Now to be grow- growing up as a relationship enhancement child, you know, like my mom working in this business that was out there, you know, teaching women to go out there and, you know, with their bodies, teaching them how to go out there and, and about the relationship, all of that stuff was, you know, important. I never thought I would ever be going into this industry at all. And I ended up uh, going, working for a publicly traded company out of college uh, down in Atlanta, Georgia. My mom came to me and said, Hey, I really want to go out there and, and grow this business. I think I have something. I said, mom, here's the deal. I'm working for a publicly traded company moving up. I make more than you do. And there's not a prayer in Vegas that I'm going to come back. I will get a job nowhere in the world if I'm selling sex toys. There's not, <laughs> I mean, this is, this is 2000. And, um, you know, lo and behold, we sat down and talked, we worked it out. And, uh, I ended up coming back because she did have something. She had something that was, that people didn't want to talk about, but she had a, a great way of taking it from a bookstore or yeah, online. Yeah. She had a great way of like taking it, making women feel comfortable about their bodies, making women feel comfortable about their relationships. And I think that was the biggest thing I, I looked at. She was really kind of redefining how people would look at their relationship. She saw the divorce rate creeping, right? She saw it creeping to, you know, 20 percent, uh, 60%. And she knew that these things were happening. And she said, look, I don't want more people to go through divorce like I did. I want them to be able to be able to have communication in their relationship because if communication breaks down, it's over. If sex breaks down, done. It's the, you're even, you're even toast. Yeah. So we were doing a million dollars in uh, 2000 when I came back. And uh, I'll never forget this. I came to her office the first day and um, come back from Atlanta. I'm like, all right, what's our growth strategy? She said, what do you mean our growth strategy? I sent your ass to college. You need to figure this out. Like, I need you to figure out how <laughs> we're going to grow. This is on you, kid. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay, great. So I come in and I, I put a plan together. I There was this company called Barbazan, Barbazan Models. That you probably, maybe some of you guys know about it or whatever. They would go around the country looking for the next guest gene model. They would go around the com- country looking for these people. And this ad came on the radio and said, hey, come meet Philippe, photographer for the stars. You could be the next guest gene model come out to the Sharonville Holiday Inn and, and get your pictures taken by him and be in, in Chicago ne- or uh, California next week so I'm like is there anybody that's out there doing this I go to this this Holiday Inn off of 42 right by where I live and there was hundreds of people that were looking to be the next guest gene model so here I am I have five cups of coffee that night I'm like oh my gosh I got it I'm a marketing guy this is brilliant and I come into my mom's office the next day and I said hey here it is Come meet Patty Brisbane. Take your steps in making your dreams come true. Own and operate your own pure romance business today. Get started. Come to, and I gave a hotel, and I said in St. Louis. My mom goes, that is the dumbest idea I think I've ever heard in the entire world. Why would you <laughs> want to come meet me? I'm like, mom, look, you were like the... You are like the Nike swoosh, the Mary Kay. You're exactly what this industry needs, and we need to go out there, and we need to tell people about it. So I remember we spent $30,000 of money. We had $33,000 in the bank. I don't know if I was dumb or, or, or naive or whatever at this time. And I'll never forget my mom coming to me and saying, you know, Chris, hey, listen, what I will tell you right now is we're going to take this chance. We'll do it. Well, we ended up going to St. Louis. We brought in two people that time. And that's where the ball started rolling. We didn't have, we were only bringing in two people a month. We brought two people in that, that time frame. And literally our business went from a million that year 
we went in a U-Haul. We went from city to city to city. We went in a U-Haul for three years. We went from a million to four, four to eight, eight to 16, 16 to 32. And now we today do over $350 million wow. in revenue. And that's the thing. Like we, we, my, we didn't come home, man. We lived on the road. We, yeah. we traveled. We were helping entrepreneurs really own their business. But think about that. I, I go back to people all the time. If I didn't take that chance, if I didn't take that risk, where would I be today? That's part of the gap that you see in a lot of entrepreneurs because a lot of entrepreneurs are just what I would just say they're business owners. That's about it. You know, it's playing it safe. It's creating little incremental growth strategies. That's about it. Making the living, you know, the SBA even said this was two years ago, man, when I spoke at Harvard, I pulled this up and I was like, my God, why is it the most small business owners still only bring home between 60 to $80,000 a year? You know, the, the, the freaking owner with all the weight and the responsibility uh, and pressures of people and clients and everything, it's not worth it if you're doing that. Go work for somebody else if that's all you're going to do. I'm in total agreement with you. I see this all the time. I, I see too many people want to play it safe, you know, and I think that that's the biggest, the biggest misnomer is like, look, I, I didn't know that I was spending $30,000 at that time and be one of the best decisions I ever made. Yeah. But I think it goes back to the same thing. I make those decisions now all the time. You know, we just spent, you know, $4 million in a rebranding campaign. Everybody's like, why are you going to rebrand? Why are you spending that money? Because if we don't spend that $4 million, you know what, how do we get to the next 400 million? Yeah, how do we get it. to that? I'm not playing for to stay where I'm at today. Yeah. And too many people are like, oh, I'm making 60 grand. I'm good. Yeah. Well, that's 60. We'll start chipping away with inflation. That 60 will start chipping away with all the other things that you're going to get on. And you might as well go work for somebody, be able to get off at five o'clock. You want to go make 60 or, or 70 or whatever thousand that. that that's just my belief. Right on. Dude, I appreciate that you also own your decisions too. And I'm very similar this way is when a decision is made, there's no second guessing it at that point. It's all in. It's moving forward as if it's already been accomplished. Whether it's going to be failure or not, who freaking cares at that point? But you're proceeding as if the outcome is going to be exactly how you intend it to be without ever looking back behind you. You know, it's so funny. When I saw the the name of the podcast say all in, I was like, dude, this is going to be my guy. I like this. <laughs> like, I am down with this because I am a firm believer. Um, best piece of advice. I'm working, like I said, for this publicly traded company. I'm get lunch with the CEO. And he goes, I'm, before I left, he goes, I'm going to give you one piece of advice. I said, what? He goes, whatever you do, whatever you go, if it's, if you're in a legal battle, you're in a deal mode, you're in like growth mode, marketing mode, whatever you're in, as long as you're the last person at the table, meaning you're pushing all those chips all the yeah, way right in, you got it. you're the last person at the table. You got to beat everybody because what everybody's going to sit back and go, you're the most confident person at the table. And that is by going all in. You're saying, look, this is what it is. I'm going to work every hour. I, I, I believe in my decision. I believe in the people that I'm surrounding me with. I believe in this deal. I believe in the marketing message that we're doing. Most people, the problem I see with them is they don't believe in anything. And the one thing they don't do is they don't believe anything into themselves. Like you hear this whole thing. That's Rick, it. You probably you, yep. you've, you've probably heard this all the time. I cannot stomach when I hear people go, you got to fake it till you make it. No, dude, you got to believe it till you become it. Don't fake it till you make it. I hate when I hear you got to, you know, like that is like, no, once you start believing in stuff and believing in yourself, you know, those chips are going all in. Let's play the game. Yeah. It's so awesome too. the power of just being able to say like, I'm going to be this, or really it's more like mm -hmm. I am this in the present moment, even if you're not already. Yep. Because it will take place at that point. I love that because I've heard the fake it till you make it all the time, wow. man, but believe it until you become it. Yep. That's incredible. And that inward focus on yourself is the toughest part of that too. 
Yeah. And I think that's where, you know, and that's where, you know, somebody asked me, why am I writing the book? Right. Why did I go into the secret is you? Why did I do this? And, you know, I, I told people I've worked with 250,000 entrepreneurs, women yeah. business owners over the last 21 years. And the, the biggest thing is, you know, during COVID, you kept hearing people need a side hustle. They are going to start their own business. And to be honest with you, so many businesses fail today, right? 80 to 90% of them fail within a year or even two years. And the biggest thing that they don't do is they don't believe in the main product. They don't believe in themselves, right? They believe in like, they think, oh, it's going to be, I'm going to be selling this and that's going to be it. Or I'm going to be selling, you know, uh, uh, this nice, you know, whatever widget that they're selling. I'm like, dude, the product is never what you're selling. The product is you, you are the product. And until you understand the secret of whole of my success, if you were like, man, how do I get this? Or how do I, you know, you've got a, you got a yacht, you got a plane and all this other stuff that you have. They see me today, right? They see me what I have today. And they're always like, you know, oh, that's, it's amazing. You're so lucky. First of all, I'm not lucky. I'm not lucky. I work yeah. my ass off to get where I am. But I also understand one thing is that the secret is I've got to believe in me first. I got to believe in my schedule. I got to believe in what I'm doing. Am I taking care of this person? Because I didn't want people coming out of COVID thinking that starting a business was easy because it's not. Until you actually understand the thing you got to get right first is not your product. It is you. You've got to figure out you. You got to lead you first. You got to understand you first. You got to see where your deficiencies are first. And you got to figure out what is what is the, you need to continue to grow to start your business. I need like a siren or something, man. Your mic drop moments are incredible today. I, I love that you're bringing it. <laughs> well, hey, you it's said truth. all in. Yeah, yeah, it's just straight truth, though. And that, that's what, there's no, oh, you're going to really get me going and get me frustrated with some things because it's a, you, you mentioned some words in there, right? And there's a, there's something yeah. that happened, you know, a year and a half ago when I, uh, shoot, I think it was two years ago now when I, when my book came out and that word that you said, luck came up in a yeah. conversation with a friend that I had, you know, a newer friend that I'd only known for maybe about a year or so. And he goes, man, he's like, you know, your book came out, you know, you're doing all these media appearances, man, things are just going really well for you. You know, you're really lucky. I'm like, I, I looked down and I'm like, what? I'm like, do you know how much I'm traveling? Do you know the hours that I'm putting in? Do you know the 10 years before this? Mm -hmm. is what was invested to get me to this point. And now I'm actually stepping out, looked down, but I was compassionate. I was nice. I'm like, dude, I don't believe in luck. I'm like, yeah. what's going on right now? What you're seeing is momentum from mm -hmm. the past 10 years of yeah. effortlessly investing in myself first, just like you're saying, Chris, which then spills out into everything and everyone else around me. Yeah, I love the word momentum because that is absolutely 100%. It's a point, dude. There is. And you know what? Look, I mean, I, I tell people all the time when I first got in this, they, they, I love what you say. The 10 years you put in this, I didn't make money for my first 10 years. I tell people all the time, I was not making any. I made more at the publicly traded company than I did with my mom. I mean, I was making, I remember when my mom hired me, I was making $100,000 a year in Atlanta. I ended up going and, and working for her for $22,000. I said, this is the first thing in my life, right? But I was, I was 25. I could make those decisions. I could do that kind of stuff then. And I'll never forget, um, you know, when I did that, I was like, all right, let's go in. And for the first 10 years, I think I made less than $60,000. And then the tipping point. And then it just shot, you know, and, and that's where I think a lot of people, they get frustrated frustrated in the process. And what I keep saying is the process is what gets you to what you want. Everybody is so focused on the outcome. They're focused on, I want to be a millionaire or I want to have this, or I want to have that. Great. I love the fact you can have every vision board and every goal board that you want to have, but what you really need to understand is 
Okay, that's the outcome. Stop thinking about that and start thinking about the next phone call, the next email, the next text message. What's going to get you to that outcome? And that's what most people don't like. They don't like the work. They, they want the stadium that's cheering for them. They want yeah, to get everybody yeah. ah, the greatest. But when you're putting the work in behind, nobody's there when you're doing those late nights. Nobody's there when you're thinking about the next thing and how do you grow and grow it. Nobody's, you're doing that. And so that becomes, that's where people give up is because they start feeling sorry for themselves. It's incredible too when that momentum and that tipping point happens. Did you have a moment like this? Because I still have them all the time right now to where something amazing pops and I just have to sit down in my chair, dude. And, you know, because I got like a standing desk and it's like just in the moment, I start to almost, even though I've been believing so much up until that point and when it actually happens is almost when like there's a moment of disbelief. But then you start to recognize that prior to that, it's like, this is the culmination of everything I've been doing. Oh, I think absolutely. It's you know, kind I, of overwhelming I, when it actually happens. Yeah, it's very overwhelming. And you sit back and like, I think I've had several different tipping points, you know, in my career. You know, you know, one of the tipping points was, you know, uh, a couple of years ago, we we did a couple of acquisitions, which I never have done acquisitions. And, you know, it was again, the, a company that wasn't really fond of us, right? They thought we were the, the uh, bad whatever company or whatever. Yeah. Everybody had some things. And I remember coming into that company that we purchased and I said, let me tell you something. This is not a, uh, they were, their color was red. I said that we're, we were pink, you know, and I said, this isn't a red thing. This isn't a pink thing. This is a green thing. What I'm going to tell you is I'm going to teach you how to run a business. I'm going to teach you how to own a business. I'm going to teach you how to operate a business. I'm going to teach you how to control your inventory, make more money. And I remember them sitting down and, you know, coming at me with guns blazing. I can't believe, you know, you were, you're taking us over, blah, 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 blah. And I remember to them, I said, if you give me six months, I'll triple your business. I guarantee you that. Now that was a pretty big statement, right? One mm-hmm. and in six months, I quadrupled their business. Within a year, I made it five x of what it was. And the day, and those were tipping point because I took this challenge on where you walked in a room and everybody did not like you. I was not used to that, and I think that that was like I was so confident in my product, I was so confident in myself, my team, the organization that we built, and it showcased that all the hard work that we put in this. And this was in 2016. All the hard work that we put up for those 16 years paid off. And that was a huge tipping point for us to, to really be able to take what wasn't homegrown and make it part of our family. That's amazing, man. So I've got a curious question here. So you've got 41,000 partners. And it was awesome that throughout the course of last year, you were, you were meeting with them. It was twice a week, right? To encourage yeah. them and keep them moving. What's separated? Because it, if it's anything wow. else, you know, like any home scenario, there's always like, it seems like there's this large swath of, of partners with Pampered Chef anyways or something. Those are the only one I can think of. If you want to think of Tupperware or whatever, obviously it's not, it's not sex toys. It's a completely different industry. There's different barriers and everything else. But the, the business model is somewhat similar. And how do the top performers, what separates them from the everybody else? You know, what, what's inspiring about them that other partners can say, I want that. I need that in order to get there. You know, I think it's it's so funny. I get asked that question a lot. I think the first thing that separates the the top from the bottom in, in pretty much anything is this whole that the top people really do believe that they can design their own life. The top people have this belief in themselves yeah. that like, look, I'm going to run through the wall. Why is there only a certain amount of CEOs? Why are there only a certain amount of C-suite people? Why are there only amount of, you know, these people that think differently than everybody else? You know, you design a kitchen, you design a bathroom, you design a bedroom, you design these houses. Well, people 
don't design their lives. And I get so frustrated. I think every moment, like this moment with you today, Rick, is, is a Pinterest moment for me, right? I'm going to think about like things I hear from you. I'm going to put those on my little board. You know, I'm going to think, right oh on, my brother. God, that's yep. great. like momentum. Like I'm thinking, that's great. I'm going to use that. The, the top people, the top performers, they design their life and then they commit to that process. They commit to the extra phone calls, the extra emails. They have a certain thing of like maybe me or maybe you, I had a chip on my shoulder. Like I remember my high school telling me I was going to be successful. I graduated 167 out of 169. I was D for diploma. I remember they go, you know, go to trade school, nothing wrong with trade school, but I was like, I've never even changed the light bulb. Like, what are you talking about going to trade school? Right? Like, I think that the, the top people have a different persona on how they attack things. I think you attack things probably differently than some of your friends do because you want more. You decided for you and your family that you're going to put those extra time in the extra hours. And that's what really separates the people at the top from the people that are just getting by. There's a, there's something that was really sticking out on what you said too, that I'm, I'm going to unpack this a little. It's, when they start to believe in themselves, like you're talking about, and when they design their life, you know, I've said that if I can visualize myself in it, I know it's going to be, and I can believe in it too. If I can actually close my eyes and see that I did a whole solo episode that I recorded on that the other day about how to put yourself in that place and, and to design things and visualize. There's things that can, that I didn't go into though, that can hold you back from doing that, which is what you're talking about right now too, is you've got baggage and you start to blame these things. You start to blame the lack of success in your life on all the people before you, that it was their fault that you're in this place right now, that you've never been able to achieve or step up exponentially or create mm -hmm. that momentum. And you start to blame everybody else. But really, this is the same thing. You got to put yourself in front of a freaking mirror. It's not yep. your dad's fault. It's not your mom's fault. It's not where you worked before. It's not your friend's fault. It's not your kid's fault. It's not your dog's fault. It's not your fucking cat's fault. It's, <laughs> it's your fault. Once you decide to own that, you can believe leave in yourself and then finally start to create what you want. Yep. And so that is so true. Cause I think more people would rather give excuses than efforts, right? Yes. Like, I mean, people are yes. like, Oh, I'll give you this excuse. And you know, what's really what's played. I think a huge igniter in all this is Facebook and Insta lie. Those two places have really done a disservice to people because everybody's now comparing their lives. It's like, well, I can't have it because this person has this, or I won't be successful because I don't have that in my life. I'm like, dude, are you kidding me? Like my mom was making $4 and 25 cents an hour working for four pediatricians. She put herself out there. I mean, we had concerned citizens from family values picketing at my house as a kid. You know, how many times people have tried to shut us down thinking we're running brothels or all mm -hmm. this, right? Like how many fights have had to get in from conservative, uh, like conservatism out in like the Southern Bible Belt area. Like all we're trying to do is we're trying to make money, educate people, give people unbelievable products. But you know what, if we would have given an excuse of why we couldn't, we wouldn't be where we're today. You know, I'm sitting here, you know, I, I laugh because I have first world problems, right? I'm sitting here on a, a hundred and, uh, 110 foot, you know, yacht right now I'm going through and dealing with stuff. I wouldn't be sitting here today if I didn't put my, put my time in and not make excuses. Have I had a lot of failures? I've had a tremendous amount of failures. But what I will tell you is I've learned from each one of those, what not to do again. Most people, they have failures and they repeat the failure, repeat the failure, repeat the failure. That's insanity. Yeah. Quit Yep. Expecting this, uh, a different result, man. I mean, that's a, that cliche for sure, dude. But the, yeah, yeah, that plus the ownership of the failure into, to begin with is that 
But every one of those failures is like, oh, it was this person's fault. Oh, it was that person's fault. Or it's from 15 years ago. You know, it's what I grew, how I grew up. And that, that's, once you let that go is when you can finally actually move forward. Yeah. And I think that's the biggest thing. Can you let it go? Like, you know, the movie Frozen, you just let it go. Yeah. Let, let it go. Move on. Let it go. Anyways, I'm not going to sing right now. I can play. <laughs> I should bring my guitar on sometime. That would be a lot of fun. That would be yeah, I, I, I listened to that. We need Jeez. to show that. Yeah, there was something posted on my Instagram feed the other day because I did. A, it was last year, but they were going through this founders video, you know, for my cybersecurity company to humanize me, which is great. And I found a video from when I was 17 years old at a talent show in high school. I got a standing ovation from like 300 kids that attended. I was playing Glycerine uh, by oh. Bush. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. then I, I have guitars hanging on my wall. I got one signed from Head from Corn. You know, Brian Welsh. That's up there. But oh, then I got. God. The other one I've got, I, I met him in, a, in my car one time through a mutual friend. He's like, hey, you know that guitar you got hanging on your wall? Come meet me here in 20 minutes. I'm like, why? <laughs> it's like, just, just trust me. Just come bring it. So I get there and there he is standing because they'd known each other for a long time. But in this, I grabbed my dad's guitar, which is hanging on my wall. And acoustic, I just popped up my phone right here in the studio and played Glycerine again. Because I'm like, I need to show the contrast. You know, like, yeah. like 24 years later, you know, and I started playing I'm like, I still got it, baby. I should bring it on. <laughs> <laughs> it's cool seeing that, that progression though, right? Yeah. You know, because in that, even in that moment, what we're talking about at the age of 17, I created what I wanted. And I remember yeah. in this talent show that, you know, you're only supposed to have one slot. That's it. Everybody mm -hmm. else in the show had one slot. I had three, dude. Because I, I went up and I asked for these things. First, I was voted on by the choir to actually, yeah. as one of the student conductors, so I conducted the entire choir, which was incredible. Then I was like, can I you know, play my guitar too? And he's like, yeah, sure, that's cool, no problem. But then later I'm like, you know, my brother who's five years younger than me, he's actually a pretty good singer. Can I bring him in and sing a song? <laughs> so it just kept going. So it's like I own the freaking show. It's 17 no, you, years old, dude. <laughs> no, you just, you designed it. And that's yes. the deal. You yes. designed it. You didn't, you didn't know you designed it. And that's where I think so many people get off the bad start. They don't design it. And they think, because I don't think they think that they have the power to do it. And I think the power is you're confident. I, I already could tell when I first got on, I was like, dude, this guy's confident, right? You do that. You walk in and it's just something I always say the most confident in a room wins. I mean, that's yeah. just how it yeah. goes. And I think that that's true. You know, I tell my kids all the time. I'm like, you know, I want you to be smart. I want you to be book smart, but I'd also like you to be confident because I think confidence is very key to your, your success. Not cocky. There's a difference. Don't be sure cocky. Is. Yeah. Be yeah. There's an interesting point on that too, because I went through this with a coach a while back and, you know, because uh, trauma is in my own life, you know, coming from a, a religious environment and humility. And I, I looked up the definition of humility too. Could you imagine, because the definition of humi humility is a low opinion of yourself. Yeah a low opinion of oneself. And when yeah. you look that up, it's like, is that really, if you have any spiritual background, it's like, is that really what God wants if we're made in the image of him to begin with? You know, cause I don't know where you lie, but it was just this weird contradiction, you know? So some of that came up, but when it comes to being cocky, when I started saying things, I'm like, dude, I don't want to sound cocky. He's like, but you're stating fact. There's yeah. a difference. It's the intention behind it. If you're just stating fact and truth about yeah. yourself or about anything else, that's not arrogance or being cocky. That's just saying this is the way that it is and you can back it up too. And then, you, yep. but then you can go and your intentions can be, 
I'll show you or I'll teach you or hopefully what I told you right now inspires you to be that yeah. way. So some of your top performers, man, I'm sure they take some of the the others that are, uh, you know, below them in performance levels are just starting probably underneath their wings, right? And yeah, say, this is why I'm so good. Yeah. <laughs> it's fact. It's, but you know what? And you said the one word intentional, there's intentional leadership that's out there today, right? There's intentional decision-making that you have to go through and you intentionally want to help other people. I always say like one of our 10 things that we know to be true inside of our organization is that we seek to serve in all we do, right? I think service is like, it's a part, if you want something more in life, you know, the more people I serve, that's why I keep saying 41,000, my goal and my goal board is how do I go to 82,000, right? That's that. I always feel the more I can serve, the more people I can help, the more people I can, you know, be able to be there for, uh, the more my life gets better, the more that their life gets better it, because we're part of this community. We're part yeah. of the group of people who want to see each other grow. So I believe in being intentional with our leadership, our decision-making it's intentional of how, you know, you and I got here today. It's like, look, we both were committed to coming here. We both were committed to showing up. You know, you asked me to do this. And I always have this one thing. If somebody asked me to do something, which I appreciate you asking me to be on this. And by the way, I think it's amazing your, your podcast, Thanks, but I will say one thing is that if you're going to show up, show up, don't, don't give some of your B game. Don't get in there when you're doing a sales call. Every time you're auditioning for your next show, every idea, every time you're auditioning for your next order, your next sale, your next, whatever. I think so many people, you know, show up, you know, just how they're feeling for the day. I got this issue. I got that. Be intentional with every conversation, every meeting, everything that you do. It pays dividends because people go, well, what do you know about that? Well, I've worked with 250,000 entrepreneurs, women entrepreneurs. Now, I will tell you how many millionaires are made? A lot. And so the issue mm -hmm. becomes like, now the question becomes, do you want to follow this game plan or not? Most people, the biggest question I say to them is, do you want to commit to the process where nobody else is going to cheer? Nobody else is going to be excited for you to get the outcome that you want. And the question that they have to decide is how desperate are they? How much do they really want it? Do they want to put the time and energy into it? And what you find is most people think it, say it, but they never, like Nike said, just do it. Oh, I love that. Except for, uh, what does it, oh my gosh, I'm drawing a blank right now. It's a, it's a, the joke's going to not be funny at this point because it's the dude from t Transformers. He put the helmet on and he's like, just do it. Why can't I think of his name? Oh my yeah. God. Okay. See, it's dumb now. Now, now yeah, the joke's gone. Yeah. I just lost it. That's okay. <laughs> I, it, my, my team's leaving me dry here too, because I've got a nice screen over here where they always look up current facts and things for me and it's just not there. So, <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> you know, isn't you're like, Rick, I have no <laughs> idea. Shia LaBeouf. There it is. Shia LaBeouf. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know. Oh my gosh, there we go. Megan Fox, Megan Fox was in that movie too. That's what I remember yes. the most. <laughs> well, of course, as you should. <laughs> That's how it should be, right? I remember all her lines for some reason. I'm like, oh yeah. <laughs> yep. So it's interesting because my team was expecting to like have fun with this. And I'm like, well, I always have fun, but they were expecting this to be a little saucy, right? Because of what you do. <laughs> and so now we're just dropping a lot of truth bombs all over the place and just helping people's lives. That's how it's supposed yeah. to be, dude. Yeah. I love it. So I do have a question around this though, because the, probably one of the biggest barriers you have, I would guess in this industry is what you've talked about a little bit and touched on is taboo. Yeah. Yeah. And helping people overcome that. You know, it's interesting with your model of the home party scenario, you know, the home presentations to make it more comfortable and everything. Because if you order something <laughs> online from like Love Honey or whatever those other places are, it's always like, hey, discreet packaging. 
right? Yeah. And how do you help? Because you're right, dude. If sex goes away in a relationship, it's just done. It's dead. Oh, it's over. It's it's done. It's killed. You know, like here here's the thing. So I I think the biggest thing that we do is that we create the safe environment. Like it's all women only, right? Like I get a lot of heat for that, but it is a women only that they come in and everybody goes, well, how can you be a man leading this? Listen, I have a whole board of about 80 women that really kind of steer the product development, yeah. steer all the things that we do. Um, you know, my biggest thing is giving them a safe environment where they can come in and normalize their relationship. We lead through education. We've taken the whole like taboo and we call it the, we call it like the CD bookstore look. We've taken the TNA off of all the packaging and we really focus in on the education, giving a, we call it the Nordstrom Sachs type of feeling. We want people to come in. They want out. We want them to understand that this is not, this is going to be a great valued product, but a high end educational you know, piece. If people go out there, what we've found is most people have lost their creativity when it comes to their relationship. Hell, most people have lost their creativity when it comes to most anything in this world. They go to Pinterest to find everything. So mm -hmm. I basically have to tell our sales force, look, you've got to be the Pinterest of somebody's love life. You've got to be the Pinterest of somebody's relationship. How do you lead with education? 91% of women don't even want to take their clothes off in front of their partner because of fear of body image issues. This is real. And this is what they discuss at the parties. How do they overcome? How do they build that confidence in each other? In each yeah, other? Or have to How keep the lights they, off. What, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so you, know, you think about it, even if it, and somebody goes, well, are those all people that are, no, it doesn't matter what size it's a more of a mental thing here and so how do these women help each other to be able to overcome that or what do you need to have tell your partner to have your partner to give you more affirmations around this so a lot of people think we lead with product we lead with education product secondary and that was the difference of how our business has been able to scale that's why we kind of stay out of all the taboo stuff you know we don't use slang we don't use yeah, four yeah. words uh, we, we just stick away it, it's just a different model we really want to make it market that's a good point too because i mean you see these things from all these meme sites on instagram too and everything yeah. is the four-letter words and everything is the you know j just the 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 over sexualized because there is a part of that that can exist too to where it's not what i see that you're doing is a very healthy way to improve relationships and form connection between people not even just connection in the relationship but co connection with the women back to themselves too which is powerful dude and I think that that's been the, that's been the really the big pieces in pure romance. If you say the one thing, our, our biggest thing is how do we lead to, to, through education? How do we help, you know, small business owners? That's my other big piece is like instill confidence, confidence in their body image, confidence in their relationship, confidence in going out there that they can go out there and lead confidence in all these other aspects. That's really the kind of been the secret sauce of everything that we, you know, that we have. I love it, man. Uh, dude, I've got lists of questions in front of me, and it's awesome because I think we've touched on a lot of them so far without even having to read them off. This has been amazing. Amazing. <laughs> So, well, I, I appreciate it even being, you know, I, I, listen, you've got a great following. Your podcast is very well recognized. I think you've done a great job. And, you know, I think that's the other thing too, is that, you know, we got to show appreciation and recognition for people that are doing great things yeah. and you're doing you. fantastic stuff out there. And I know you probably don't like to hear the accolades because I'm the same way. I'm like, I'm, a, I'm more of a pusher than I am a receiver, but it is true that, that uh, you know, we got to tell people, we got to celebrate people's victories more frequently. I appreciate that, my man. I appreciate what you're doing too and and likewise you know I, I had to learn that over the course of maybe the past year and a half is to be able to accept a good compliment when it yeah. happens you know because i think that's a good point in growth as an entrepreneur too because you have to be able to look back and say wow i am making a difference 
you know, and, yeah. and you know that because it, it's, it was a struggle that I had for a while too, was actually stopping in the moment. Like I was saying, you know, a little bit earlier, it's like sit down and just feel it for a moment that that tipping point happened or that mm-hmm. you accomplished something, you know, like last year, you know, the, getting 41,000 partners. Have you sat and thought about this yet? Have you said, <sighs> I got 41,000 partners through a pandemic successfully last year? Yeah, I, I sometimes, you know, it was uh, it was very challenging during times. I mean, like I said, I, every morning at 9 a.m. and every night at 8 p.m., you know, I remember uh, every day it was every day, Monday yeah. through Friday, you know, going there. And then, of course, you know, trying to get people to want to come into a warehouse and pack orders or whatever. So I'd go in there on Saturdays and Sundays, make sure that the orders were out and the volumes were crazy. They were off the chart. Um, no, I think that the biggest thing is, you know, people ask how I said communication and honesty will go so far in your organization. Communication and honesty will go keeping people in the know. The number one thing people you know, despise about their company that they work in is they feel like they're not communicated to. They feel like there's a lack of communication. So yeah. you know, now we've kept this. Now every week we we keep this internally. Uh, we would used to do a daily roll call. So at nine o'clock, I'd have my 41,000 people at eight o'clock at PM at night, I'd have my 41,000 people get back on. And then at, um, then, you know, at four 30, we do a stand up with all of my, you know, 200 employees that I have and the employees, we kept that going. Now we go Monday, Wednesday, Friday, we don't do every day. But what I found is we surveyed the employees and what the, the survey came back is that I have worked at Pure Romance for over 10 years. And I have never been in this much know about all the inner workings that happen. And I'm so much more in love with my job and they're not even in the office. Everybody's remote and they were more in love than they ever had because they felt more in the know. They felt like they could answer questions. They felt like they were, they knew how to kind of respond to things. I love it, man. Thank you for supporting so many people because that's like an extended family and you've affected all their lives too, dude. And then even beyond that, all the women that you've helped become more confident and secure in their body image and in the relationships. And I'm sure you've saved marriages too. Along the oh, yeah. That's incredible, dude. I love it. Yeah. I love it. I love, get, I love getting the emails and, and, yeah. and cars and things that are coming in for people that their relationship has went to a whole another stratosphere, which is, you know, great because I think sometimes, you know, it's kind of like, you know, adding those date nights back in, but can you make date night every night? Can you make yeah. it a little bit fun and, and be more intentional with your relationship? I think is important. That's awesome, brother. Dude, where can everyone go to find you? I see your website, uh, maybe Instagram. What? Yeah, you can find me. Instagram is just, uh, you know, go to go to Pure Romance. Official Pure Romance is our, our uh, Instagram. PureRomance.com is where you can find everything. If, you, if you're interested in looking any of my stuff, it's just Chris Chickenelli, C-I-C-C-H-I-N-E-L-L-I. I'm on Instagram, Facebook, and if you really want, you can get The Secret Is You, my book. Uh, this got all of the stuff that I've done over the last 20 years of working with 200,000 plus uh, business owners. Dude, can you do this? Because I'd love to buy 10 of those. And can you sign 10 of those for me? And I'd love to give them away for the first people to DM on this and say, hey, I need that. Yes. When the episode publishes. So if you're listening right now, what you all you have to do is go to to my Instagram account, Mr. Rick Jordan, just DM me and say, I want the secret is you because I just listened to Chris. We'll send you a signed copy from Chris. Is that cool? 100% awesome, I'm down. Brother. <laughs> Sweet, brother. I appreciate everything you've said today, everything we've had some fun with. And so I want to go have a drink with you now. That's <laughs> I'm in. I'm in. First of all, I'm down, I was, that was the first thing that was on my mind at, uh, at, at 10 o'clock this morning. <laughs> yep. That's awesome, brother. Thank you, man, for coming on. Appreciate you. Thank you.